a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. <laughs> and it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, if you guys would put mega the mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Hey, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. Insert self-deprecating joke here. I'm just not good at this, you know? I'm just I'm bad at self-deprecating jokes. <laughs> I need to get better. <laughs> you are. You're just terrible, Adam. You're the worst. Uh, how, how, I've never known anyone worse at self de- self deprecation. Just like I'm ashamed of my own humility. I know. How I humble know. I am. It's been a while since we've I done got this. A great what, buzzword for you. What have you been up to these last few really? weeks? Oh, you know, a little this, a little that. I got to go to a doxology respite retreat, which was great. That's what I was doing last week. Um, respiting. You were I don't even know what it meant to respite, but apparently it means listening to Bible studies, which is great. So cool. And then, um, and uh, we got to just, me and old Brad Ketchermeyer, we got to drop in over at CPH, have a nice visit with those guys, and we got to drop in at at uh, Lutheran Public Radio, had a nice visit with those guys. Their first in studio guest or two in studio guest. That was fun. Yeah, how's the new studio then, over there? Um, it's nice. It's, they said it looks like a bank, but it didn't look like a real secure bank. I don't know. <laughs> like, they have, like, Todd, I, they lock I him in the vault during banky. the broadcast. That's right. But you, you can't tell where it is because it's all a snow cone place, too. It's like half Lutheran Public Radio, half snow cones. Yeah. But the snow cone place was shut down. I wanted, I mostly wanted a Hawaii ice thing, but alas, they're shut down for the season. Then, and I was thinking about how... If you're in the snow cone business, it's got to be so much better to be in Texas than to be in <laughs> Collinsville. No matter. Then also, I went over to see Jeff Boyle. You know our buddy Jeff Boyle? They have a men's retreat over there in Kansas. Nice. So I got to go over there and do that men's retreat. That was nice. And then also, we had a, a college and young adult retreat over here, down here at St. Paul, which was great. Like 70 folks all over Texas, 80 kids Sheesh. college age or young adults came and was lecturing on, though you might like this. Uh, culturally woke or biblically enlightened. Hmm, that's cool. And you can find that lecture, and I even made slides for that. Can you believe I made slides? So what's going on in your life that you need have, so much what, respite and retreating? I mean, good gravy. Look. <laughs> I know. <laughs> things are pretty stressful down there. It's huh? like all of a sudden everyone said, uh, things said, uh, okay, no more... Uh, you don't have COVID anymore. Let's go. So it reminds me of the good old days, you know. They haven't they haven't told so, people uh, in my parts that COVID is over. I've heard about that. We're done with it down here mostly. Mm-hmm. I uh, what I just kept happening as I was traveling around, and people were like, "You have a mask?" I'm like, "Oh yeah." Where is the, the, the thing? So 
So I, I don't have one with me. Can I borrow yours? <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, everyone's you... all worked up about all the stuff, though. So that's a uh, that's a thing that we got to think about. I but my buzzword is from my lecture. <laughs> I I will um, reference myself in this broadcast of myself. Well, no, it's I... not me. I'm not... Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Just taking a selfie. Of me. Here's the here's my buzzword for you. Ready? Okay. Rage. Ah, okay. Rage. Now, rage is the... If you take anger and you cut out all the godly authorized parts of anger, what's left over is rage. But you know what rage is? I, how about this? Dr. Schultz, you know uh, Greg Schultz, uh, our buddy, and I'm doing some of these conversations with him. He pointed this out. Well, I think it's... it's Rage is the first word of Western literature. It's how Homer starts the Iliad. Rage, O ye muses, against Agamemnon, or something like this. I don't know. It's but it's about the rage of. Is it Agamemnon there at the beginning, or Achilles, or one of those guys is is raging, and so rage becomes the the title of pagan Western civilization, and that is now underlying so much of the um of the conversation that is happening in our own culture because there's just so much rage and you even have it in just like rage against the machine or the um the idea of the social justice warrior or the idea of revolution there's just this kind of seething or boiling over anger and i was reading you know this guy, Jay Budashevsky? Mm-hmm. Who I'm going to have, I think I'm supposed to have coffee for a of weeks, which would be kind of cool. I'll report back. Uh, but he wrote all, he writes about the conscience. He t- teaches law down here at UT. And he t- he's talking about, in this book on the conscience, about how we're motivated to rage, or to say it another way, we're motivated to grievances. Because if I can be angry at you, for what you've done to me or to my people or to my my colleagues or whatever, then I can act however I want and not feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. So that rage antiseptic to the con. So we're motivated to be victimized as part of our own self-justification. It's very, it's kind of an amazing thing to consider. So anyway, so that's my buzzword, rage. Nice. Um, my buzzword for you is comfort. Isaiah 40, chapter 1 says, Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and call her out, or call out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she's received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Uh, comfort is, we usually think of this as an Advent text, but. Um, comfort is really the uh, the Lord's work that he's doing in and through his word uh, by his Holy Spirit. We call the Holy Spirit the comforter. And uh, this is a good point um, that we uh, should remember because oftentimes people— th- I remember one time um, a friend of mine who's uh, who has become, a I think, a Baptist pastor. He was uh, getting his little— uh, his. I don't know, intern, interning in at a, at a church I knew. And 
and they said, oh, he's a great preacher. They really let him have it. <laughs> and sometimes people think that the mark of a, of a true preacher is the one who can really uh, preach the things that make people feel uncomfortable and hits them between the eyes. And that is certainly uh, the work of the Lord's preaching of the law. But we're reminded that the preached law is God's work to bring us to the comfort of the gospel. So really all of the Lord's work in preaching, the Holy Spirit's work in that in that proclaimed word, is ultimately for comfort. And that's not something everyone uh, wraps their mind around theologically. Um, uh, in other words, uh, in, in some theological systems, people see the Lord is working through his word to not bring comfort and to only bring uh, destruction. And uh, that would be false. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the destruction may be necessary, but it has an end goal. And sometimes we saw it. Uh, I like that you're on the same lectionary now that I am. Uh, we saw it uh, last week with the rich young ruler that uh, Jesus, it says, looked at him and loved him and said, sell all you have. And the man you know, walked away despairing. Uh, so it was out of love he, he said those things, even though it crushed him. Okay, so comfort is the buzzword. I got it. You know how the Luther's translation of the rest, you will receive double uh, yeah. for all your sins. It says you will be rewarded double in place of your sins. Mm. You will be rewarded double. I think that's um, that's nice. Yeah, I, I remember way back in the archives of of this show, we who did we talk to? Do you remember who we talked to and we looked at the hymn Comfort Comfort You My People? Uh I want to say it was Ketchumar, but I don't think it was. Anyway, he he whoever it was that we had as a guest, uh said that if your sins are minus ten, then the Lord's com- comfort is plus twenty. So that's the the double portion. Yeah, it's nice. Ah, so good. All right, so the lineup yeah. for today's show, so you'll be uh, sure to stay tuned or not. Uh, we're going to be listening to our voicemails, 1-800-385-SOLA, oh. 1-800-385-7652. We have uh, some theological questions. We have some bumper stickers. We have some church signs. Uh, we seem to be, uh, what what is what, what would you call that? The, the junk heap of bad church signs is like all the worst. We're like, hey, I think I'll call it a table talk radio. <laughs> hey, yeah. a terrible bumper Thanks, sticker. Guys. I know who Appreciate I should it. give that to. <laughs> so thank you very much. 1-800-385-SOLA yep. is the number for that. So we'll be listening to our voicemails. Also got some Ten Commandments in the news. Um, we have the new governor of New York who took over uh, Governor uh, Como's position there. Uh, speaking at a church and talking about uh, God and the vaccine. So we'll be listening to that and asking the question about the Ten Commandments. We you know what we no, we should change the game, not Ten Commandments in the news. I think we played this once upon a time called Which Estate. Do you want to play Which Estate with that sound bite? Yeah. I, I think we should play, play Which Estate yep. with that sound bite. All right, that's what's stored up for Good you idea. in this show of Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back right after this break. Good time to call one eight hundred three eight five SOLA. Or anytime. Time to call. <laughs> As if these messages aren't like five call, months old. Call now. <laughs> yes, right.
You're waiting to pick up. Have you ever felt like couldn't you even were find the phone alone in the world? <laughs> you were probably listening to Table Talk Radio. Get the Around the Word devotions delivered to you in a free daily email. You can f- sign up for that at whatdoesthismean.org. Click the devotions button. And we're back here on Table Talk Radio. You know, all of our listeners. That's too bad. I know. Uh, all of our listeners see Bob Shaker's Church signs, but some even have theological questions. And wow. the, they have, I think, our number on speed dial. It's like mom, dad, Table Talk Radio response line. I think that's wow. That's how it is on their favorites list. Do you remember that fad response line that we were trying to do? <laughs> yeah. The farce? I forgot about it up until now. <laughs> Thanks for... Fad response squad. That's what it is. The farce. Yeah. Whatever happened to that? I suggested that idea to CPH. I didn't tell them it's it, it was abbreviated the farce. You didn't realize it was. You didn't tell them it was still is already in the works for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Someday I'm going to get around to responding to Joel Osteen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The secret. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the shack. <laughs> The what would Jesus life. do? That's right. <laughs> Gnosticism. All right, all right. Here's here's uh, some callers from the uh, Table Talk Radio listener response line at one 385 solo Hello, this is uh, Randy from Northern Indiana. Uh, I saw a church sign in Huntington, south of Huntington, Indiana, that said, "What if our blessing?" was equal to our obedience. Mm. And then uh, I had another question for you. I wanted to know if you'd ever seen the mobile baptismal unit. Oh, uh, it's a box truck with fiber with uh, plexiglass <laughs> sides and back. galvanized stock tank in it and a bunch of scripture around the bottom. Apparently they drive around and uh, find people to baptize. That's cool. Uh, wow. Thank you very much. Keep it mediocre. Oh, man. No problem there. Uh, wow. I think Randy got choked up in the middle of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's start with the church sign. So it says, what if your blessings were equal to your obedience? Uh, you know what? I actually, actually. Okay, so first of all, that's, that's terrible. Let's, <laughs> so first of all, let's get that out of the way. But let's second of all, it's not that terrible because of this. I've been thinking about more and more... How um, we okay? Here, so let me give you a situation. There are these situations where we it becomes really clear when we see what the Lord says about something, and we just don't want to do it because it's going to hurt for whatever reason. And I think there's a reason why the Lord does give promises to. Uh, conditional promises to keeping the commandments. So he says, for example, honor your father, honor your father and mother. That'll go well with you, and you'll live long in the days that the Lord your God is giving you. So there's times when we don't want to honor our fathers and our mothers, and so it's good that we have that promise from the Lord, where we can say, "All right, I'm going to do it, even though I don't want to." So Lord, 
well, I mean, part of honoring, I suppose, is that we even should want to. But anyway, no matter, say, Lord, look, you've given me this promise, so I'm going to do it. Or, or here's another situation where you have, say you have an old couple. There's these funny things where you have an old, like maybe a widow and a widower, and they, they basically move in together. They're shacking up, and they're acting like they're married, but they don't want to get married because they don't want to lose their benefits. And we have to say, look, the Lord ha- has promised to punish sin and to and to award obedience. And here's a a third example, is that pastors are tempted, I'll just say I'm tempted, to sometimes not say things that the Lord's Word says, because I know I'll get all sorts of grief about it, because it's a hard thing to say. And I have to remember, no, the Lord has promised to bless obedience, and I'm serving the Lord, and I'm after His blessings, not I'm not trying to please men, but I'm trying to please God. That's how Paul will say it. Am I a man pleaser, or am I trying to please God? And now, we, we also remember that the devil attacks obedience, and so it's probably a wash in the end. You know, the Lord will bless, the devil will take. But I want to have the, I want to have the Lord's blessings and the devil's attacks rather than the Lord going against me and, and, um, and the devil cheering me on. So I, I'm going to be working and serving in this way. So, so I think some of this, this biblical understanding that the Lord, in fact, does give, promise blessings to keeping his commandments needs to be recovered. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I think there's a fine line here. I, I can, I can uh, agree with everything you said. I think the... So, so much of uh, what we say as uh, pastors um, can oftentimes be shaped by what the erroneous teachers around us are saying. So we, you know, we're, we're oftentimes preaching as the foil against the false teachers, uh, right or wrong. You know, I mean, in the sense that we ought to just let the Word of God guide us, but we also want to speak with clarity to not be misunderstood. And sometimes we can overcorrect. So the erroneous teachers around us are the Joel Osteens who say, you know, if you have faith, you know, if you listen to God, if you do what God wants you to do, then he'll shower you with with all these kinds of blessings as a as a reward-based system. And uh, that we have to reject. Right. Be, um so uh you know, I'm 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 curious about your last one, your last example of those three, because in the first two, these are kind of what I have casually called, not that it's a a theological buzzword, but I kind of casually called natural cause and effect, (laughs) you know? So, so, uh, you know, have I, how I usually uh, teach the fourth commandment on, uh, that it'll go well with you and live, enjoy a long life. If, uh, your parents, teach you to look both ways before you cross the street and you say, you know what? I'm never going to listen to my parents. I don't care what they say. I'm just going to cross the street. You won't enjoy a long life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the point is, and I think the reason that particular blessing is attached to that particular commandment is because that the the authorities in your life, be it parents or other authorities, are there for your good. They're there for the sake of your safety. They're, they're there for you and, and your longevity in your life. Mm-hmm. So there is a kind of a natural cause and effect that says if I'm going to rebel against them. So somewhere in between, there's a, there's a cause and effect to what the, the way the Lord has structured the commandments that 
he has given us the commandments for our good, even in this life. Mm-hmm. So somewhere between that and um, if you do this, God will give you blessings. Somewhere in the middle, I think, is is where we ought to to live. With your last example about, and, and I and I understand, and I can uh, sympathize with what you're saying. As a pastor, you know there's a hard thing that you have to say, and it's not going to be received well. But do you say it anyway? Um, I, 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 I can understand what you, what, what, I mean, look, I'm, I'm here to do the Lord's bidding, uh, not, not the bidding of what people want me to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard a, uh, a pastor a long time ago say, um, you know why I wear a collar for the same reason a dog wears a collar. I belong to my master. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna say what my master tells me to say, um, but I in what in what you said a minute ago I I don't think you mean um, that I I want to get blessings I want to get rewards so I need to do this for the sake of the blessings. So how do right. how, you know, there, I don't know how to make that distinction I I don't know. Well, so I what I'm after is do, am I am I working to please God or to please man? Right. This is it, and and then do I think. So, and this is where Jesus says, don't worry, don't, your heavenly Father knows you need all these things so that we are, will persevere in sin or silence or cowardice or whatever because, because we've just forgotten that the Lord has promised, in fact, to bless us. And I, and I want to just lean into this life and say, Lord, you've promised to take care of me, so I'm going to do what you commanded and let you take care of me. Here's where it's going to really be. It's one of these things where... Now, it's easy, I suppose, for me to say, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe not, but uh, that there's going to be people who are who are commanded to um, speak against their Christian confession or to say something that they know is a lie in order to keep their jobs. Maybe it's a pronoun thing or maybe it's a whatever. And they're gonna, and now it's good. those two things are going to go run right up against each other, just like the old martyrs who had to confess Caesar or to lose their life. Now I got to confess this thing, or I got to lose my job, and it's hard. But I have to trust that no, I can't lose my life if the if the Lord is my God, yeah. and the Lord will provide for me, so that if I if I do what I know that the Lord is calling me to do, I can then go to the Lord. And in a way, in my prayers, insist on his care. That, 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 that's precisely how the Lord wants us to pray. So say I lose my job, not because I'm a fool, but because, I don't know, whatever, I, I just refuse to go along with some sort of transgender something or other. Now I go to the Lord and I say, look, look Lord, you're the one who taught me about man and woman, and you're the one who told me to tell the truth and to say the truth. And so... I'm in a pickle now because your word. So you got to come and help. Mm-hmm. And the Lord promises to help. That's pre- in some ways this is precisely the occasion of most of His promises. Not it's not like the Lord's gonna gonna provide me a, a like a a gold covered helicopter or you know all this kind of health and wealth stuff. But He'll give me my daily bread, and the Lord will take care of me. So that I wrote down these notes. What is it the other day? Take uh, take they uh, they they love not their lives unto death. They love not their jobs under poverty. They love not their happiness under divorce. They love not their reputation under silence. That we we are, we are set free by the forgiveness of sins to actually suffer for the Lord's word, 
trusting that he will bless that that obedience and that suffering. Mm, good words. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Bane of mystical subjectivism. You are listening to Table Talk Radio. I'm taking some old Luther stuff, pulling it out of the collections and publishing it. You can download it for free or buy them for five bucks. Find it, the Everyone's Luther, at wolfmuller.co. Click on the books at the top of the page. You know, picking up on that uh, conversation right before the break, um, you know, back uh, a while ago, I used to do a, a daily show on our local station, and you know, you have when you, when you set out to do a daily show, you're like, this is a good idea, until you have to come up with content every yep. single day. <laughs> anyway, um, somewhere in there was you remember when they first the the supreme court first said that uh marriage in the united states of america regardless of what the states want to define regardless of what the voters uh vote to define marriage to be all 50 states have to recognize marriage be, uh between um same sex couples remember that uh yeah um around that time there were like three county clerks in like kentucky or somewhere <laughs> that refused to sign off on these marriage certificates and one was jailed, you know, some were removed, whatever. Um, I interviewed one of them for that daily show. That's cool. And, um, man, it was encouraging talking to that guy. Now, I would probably have some differences with him. You know, he was a little bit of an enthusiast and things. But it was great hearing him talk, you know, about how as long as I have a heart being in my chest, I'm going to use it to serve the Lord, not uh, to uh, be compromised by men who threaten to take away my food. And I thought, Boy, it was it was a really great conversation, and uh, to your point, uh, yes. So, uh, if our Lord has set these things before us, and our Lord is the one who provides daily bread, um, then not only uh, do we trust in the one who ultimately provides for it, but it can also be this uh, this great encouragement to other Christians or other people around you. To it's it's a witness to to who your God is. I mean, everyone else is saying, I can't do that. I'll lose my paycheck. And you're saying, mm-hmm. this is more important than my paycheck. That This mm-hmm. this guy believes something I need to know about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, now, w- I, another thought experiment on this uh, church sign. Uh, so to, I think it was, uh, what if, what if your blessings, what was it? What if your blessings matched your obedience? Yeah. What, or the other way around, what if your Obedience matched. Uh, no, no, no. I think it was. Uh, what if you're? Well, I have the. I have the thing. I have the. You know, the thing. The thing. Hello, this is uh, Randy from Northern Indiana. Randy. Uh, I saw a church sign in Huntington, south of Huntington, Indiana, that said, "What if our blessings match your obedience?" Right. What if our yeah. blessings match your obedience? Okay. Um, what about that? As a valid preaching of the law. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, as soon as you and I both heard that, we both kind of cringed because, again, I think because of our background of of prosperity gospel stuff. Right. But 
I'm, here's maybe something I'm getting at, and, and just I'm just thinking out loud. So feel free to sure. To, but we're we are gospel centered people, and we want people to know the gospel. And so if even if we, if we were church sign people, the the messages we would want to put on our church signs would be a message of gospel. But in the world that we live, are people prepared for that gospel? In other words, if I when I put if I put that gospel message on my church sign and it was would only benefit those who have been uh broken and contrite and happen to find the sign, oh, lo and behold, here's the gospel. Right. But by and large, what people need to hear um, who are out and about in the world is the law. They need to hear about their sin. They need to hear about their need for a Savior. So a message like, what if your blessings matched your obedience, which should remind me, should make me think, boy, that means bad news for me, bucko. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that's what the church sign that the church meant by the one that he drove uh, by here in Indiana, but just as a this, thought, you know, this is obviously this I might mean, wake this, us up a little bit. It's like the um, you know, the church sign is the sa- has the same problem as Twitter, yeah, but times like fifty because you only have so many so yeah. much space. So, so the full preaching of the law must be immediately followed by the full preaching of the gospel but you just don't have you, you know you don't have time on the church sign so what are you even doing i mean it's it, it the, this divine I, service it, 10 o'clock it's, pro- it's probably close communion par- par- <laughs> part of the problem you know no vacancy that's what huh. so, right, but well, but oh, the, just, just as a kind of a like the limits of the rhetorical device of the church sign it, it becomes a not a, a particularly dangerous place for confusion as kind of this sign would evidence but mm-hmm. because i think it's true it's like so what imagine your blessings match your obedience so, so that here i am moping around what well, i mean so there's there's two bad ways that this sign probably goes number one i'm i'm driving along in my old rusty beat up or maybe i'm walking because i crashed my car uh-huh. and my bike tires flat and i'm limping and i'm Imagine if you're blessing me, you're like, boy, I must be miserable. God must hate me. Or mm. imagine I, I, you know, my, my, um, uh, I just won the lotto. The lotto. Is that what it's called? Yeah. That's what and, I call it when I win. And I'm, uh, I'm driving around in a Ferrari eating Whataburger, you know, living high on the hog. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my idea of the good life, by the way. But if I win the lotto, I would go to Whataburger. <laughs> Straight there. No Ferrari. stopping me. <laughs> So, uh, Give me you know, two. the Lord must, I must be really being obedient, <laughs> yeah. you know, so yeah, I, yeah. I start to judge the Lord's affection for me by, by my blessings or lack thereof. That's the look aroundest idea. And that's dangerous, you mm-hmm. know, very, very dangerous to the conscience. Yeah. Now, do you remember what part two was with his voicemail? Oh, there was no, it was a question. I remember it was a theology question. Here's let me while you look for that I, I was okay. sorry go ahead it was this um you remember this verse delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart in the Psalms and uh, I always used to remember I was like okay I, that's easy I just have to delight myself in the Lord and then He'll probably give me a Jeep because that's the desire of my heart right and right. not recognizing that the point of the whole Psalm is when you delight yourself in the Lord that he is the desire of your heart and he gives himself to you and with him he gives you everything else so that everything in the world becomes wonderful 
So there's a, there's a profound spiritual truth to the fact that Jesus gives us a better life. But that better life might be uh, martyrdom. It might be profound suffering but at the enemies of God. It might be, you know, the list in Hebrews 12, where it says, some conquered kingdoms, some... Son and two. You're right, that's right. It has <laughs> this great list. It gets better and better and better. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm in chapter 12. No wonder. Chapter Hebrews chapter 11. Um... They, through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again. Others, it just keeps getting better, others were, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, of chains and imprisonments, they were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with a sword, wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth, etc. So that, you know, some received the dead back from their children back from the dead. Others received a, a saw in their guts. All of it is the Lord blessing their faith. All of it is a blessing. That's the point. It's when, when you have Jesus, it's all a blessing. He does make your life better, but he doesn't make your life better by giving you the good life that you want or expect. He makes your life better by reshaping the things that you want, which is himself and his kingdom and his name and his forgiveness, and then he gives you that. Right, right. Okay, here's, here's a part two of the voicemail. And then uh, I had another question for you. I wanted to know if you'd ever seen the mobile baptismal oh, yeah. unit. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, How could we forget? That, that's right. Uh, they have those down in Texas? I haven't seen them around here. Uh, I have not seen it, but I'm thinking about it. But, you know, they normally have, like, the carnival dunk tank. And oh, I imagine that's right. what you could get mm -hmm. and then just convert it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this actually gives us a point to talk about, though. Um, you know, one of the problems... When we read the scripture, divorce from um, the uh, the way Christians have read it for years. Now, this is an argument for somehow that we can't have the scriptures by themselves, but we're fools to think that we we us in our Bibles can uh, uh, just take up this and understand everything um, perfectly, that we do well to understand, to stand on the shoulders of those who have discussed these things before us. One of the problems when we do that is that we um, read it out of the context of the of the manner in which God has delivered these gifts to us. So I, I turn to Matthew 28, and it says, go therefore make disciples of all nations, and I think I'm going to need a truck to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, not realizing what God is doing there is instituting the Holy Church. That the right. church is the place where we would baptize right. and teach. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so God bless the idea, but it should this idea that it's in the context of the church is pretty important. You know that um, that it's um, that just like the first birth is into a family, so the second birth is also into a family. Now, if it doesn't happen, you know, if you're on the side of the road, like the mm -hmm. Ethiopian sure. eunuch or whatever, then then God be praised. But absolutely. Um, 
you know, here's some water. But it's, I guess it's something to carry it with you. Like every every Christian should carry like a little hip flask for emergency <laughs> water. baptisms. All right. I don't know. Maybe it's not a bad idea. <laughs> what are you doing? It's water. What are you thinking? <laughs> what else would it be? All right. Well, maybe after this break, we'll get to some more voicemails. So far, in two segments, we hit one voicemail. That's pretty good. That's thorough. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. Not really one of the best decisions you've made today. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. Well, I did say maybe. You know, maybe implies there's a chance maybe not. And I said maybe we'll get to more voicemails after the break. But lo and behold, look, we're already in the fourth segment of the show. I can't believe it. How is it possible? So uh, yeah, right. so that we have time to get to other matters, we want to play this game, Which Estate? Now, what are the estates, Pastor Wolf Miller? Uh, there's three. There's the one called the church and the other one called the family, the two prime estates. And then the the stepson of the, you know, the, the runt of the litter of the three estates is the state. That's the government. That's it. Well, is, there a, is there a key place in Luther that we could learn this from? Do you know what you should look up is if you look up wolfmuller.co slash estates, I think, or three estates. Let me just look, pull that up. I did a, or just Google three estates, Wolfmuller. I collected, I've co- I'm collecting all the Luther quotes on the three estates. I think I've, I've got about 25 of them. So he doesn't just like have one spot where he just launches into a nope. lecture on it. it it's, it's the foundation of his, all of his thinking. It's just underneath everything. Yeah. So now, uh, what's the value of seeing the three estates versus talking in terms of two kingdoms. Wolfmuller.co slash three estates spelled out. The post is thinking like a Lutheran, the three estates quotation collection post. There's pages and pages of quotes here. It's great. Hmm. So the um, the difference is because the two kingdoms refers to the kind of authority that's wielded. So there's the power of the sword, which is the coercive power to... Um, have people do punish people who don't are not obedient that's the the left hand kingdom and then there's the power of the sword of the word which is not a compulsive power but a spiritual power that's what belongs to the church so when we're talking about the two kingdoms we're talking about those two powers but when we're talking about church family and a state we're talking about where those um powers are wielded or perhaps even better what those powers are for so while the state has only one and the church has only the other the family where is where they actually intersect with one another, and that's the tough part and the fun part. Did the uh, state of church or family come first? <laughs> so the, probably the church came first when, when the Lord um, spoke to Adam, and yeah. you have the church there. That's what and I was then thinking, family yeah. comes when God gives Adam to Eve. They all come from the primordial giftedness of the garden though and then the state although Adam is certainly king and Christ is king of all in the garden the the state as we know it I mean all the estates are are 
are radically um, shifted in the uh, after the fall, but the state most of all, because the state really comes to its own only after the inst- after the fall into sin. And now you have to have a you have to have a flaming sword to prevent things. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the angels bear that sword, preventing Adam and Eve from going back to the garden. And now the governors uh, bear that sword to punish wickedness and to reward righteousness. At least that's the idea. Do you think it would? Uh, I'm just like interviewing now, I guess. I know. <laughs> I guess I'll just keep interviewing you. Do you, do you think it's um, godly to reject uh, the estate of the state reaching into the other estates and i'm thinking not into the church but i'm thinking of the family we see uh maybe sometimes so that the the that the state might take on the duties of the family not where it must but where it wants to what do you think about that yeah that's an intrusiveness and it goes back to this idea of subsidiarity that we're always talking about right that um that the 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 works uh belong to that place which is closest to their institution. So, so, for example, raising and teaching children belongs to the home, parents, where the children are first conceived, and so forth. Um, it, when, when one estate fails, then the other estates have to pick up the slack. And, but the problem is that the state itself, being the least of the estates and always wanting to be the most, like, the, the, you know, the state has this, like, Napoleon complex. They're, like, really super short, and they wish they were the tallest. And so they're always trying to grab things that they aren't given to them so the state is motivated by the failure of the family because then they get to take over the state here here's an interesting thing i saw this uh, this had to do with um the uh, texas abortion law where some lady on the tiktok uh was saying how now that the state of texas has outlawed abortion then now we're going to have all these social services to protect the unwanted children and care for them and, uh, and free health care and all the social safety net. And it occurred to me that that people now, uh, the secular society assumes only one estate, hmm. and that is the state. And the family is not assumed, and the church is not assumed, but uh-huh. the state is assumed. That's like the default estate. It's the catch-all estate. You might not be part of a family. You not, might not be part of a church, but you're part of a society, and so it's got to take care of everything. So everything becomes, everything is connected to the state, uh, and to, and then to politics. It devolves, and that's a, that's a bad, that's bad. Well, uh, Governor Kathy Hochul in New York had the opportunity to speak at a New York church, and uh, she um, let's see, this is the uh, New York City's Christian Cultural Center, uh, and she spoke these words in. On September 26th. We have to get this community back and what we went through this pandemic made us stronger. I believe that especially when I talk to young people who weren't able to have their graduations from high school or a normal life for the last 18 months. I say to them whatever comes your way in life you are stronger. You are more resilient. God let you survive this pandemic because he wants you to do great things someday. He lets you live through this when so many other people did not. And that is also your responsibility. But how do we keep more people alive? We are not through this pandemic. I wished we were, but I prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. 
He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear can, I, can I interject real quick? You, you want to inject something? There? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that we would necessarily disagree with that much so that we can understand... Um, I might disagree with the fact that the smartest are the scientists. <laughs> well, fair enough. Never mind. But but that we can understand that God gives us things through like medications and doctors and things, and this would be good. Now, that's not to say, and I think this is maybe what she's asking us to believe, that it is inherently good um, for that reason. In other words, uh, j- j- so just because we would say that a cook is a mask of God to provide food to people doesn't mean that everything he makes is good for you. <laughs> so so that we still <laughs> use our wisdom and prudence to ask questions about what it is. But but as far as the manner in which God works, absolutely. You know, he would he could work through uh, medicine and doctors and medications and vaccines. Um, nothing nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But let's hear what she says next. I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. Mm. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love? but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have to solve this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to let them know that this is how we can fight this pandemic, come back to normal, and then start talking about the real issues that we have to fighting systemic racial injustice which exists today and if there's a denier i will take you on any day because i've seen it i know it exists and we are not going to have a blind eye to this ever again any longer under my watch and that is my commitment to you if if the if the pandemic was an obstacle to talking about systemic racism i hadn't noticed that <laughs> i mean Really? Is that is that a big distraction to the real mission here? There's so many things that are wrong with that. <laughs> well, you have one minute to pick, pick your best. <laughs> well, I, it's so. Uh, what is she even doing preaching, anyways? I yeah, mean, which is state, by the way. I, well, how many confusing things here? You know, this is the but this is both the state and the the something like the church. Like the pretend state and the pretend church interfering <laughs> where the family should be. It's a confusion of all three. Oh my goodness! I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Should you what? What do you want to talk about? We should have extra endings for this one. Okay, um, let's let's do that. If 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 that's not a cliffhanger enough, um, if you're listening to this on the radio, uh, check us out at tabletalkradio.org and listen to the extra endings at the end of this show, and you can hear Pastor Wolfner's comments. On on this, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, uh, there is a, a mass massive confusion of the three estates here, 
and uh, maybe we can hash it out uh, after this. So that's going to be all the time we have. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. I think they should go down in the basement of the city hall and get out the old no colored sign and just replace it with no vaccinated, no unvaccinated. <laughs> yeah, that's, hey, that's they right. Could, uh, they could reuse those old signs. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Good Talk heavens, Radio. Table so Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your uh, pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, air loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. Okay, so there's, here are the things that kind of stuck out to me. Number one, uh, that, the, uh, you know, saying that these vaccines are from God, which isn't necessarily wrong, but then to use it as a way that we should unquestionably receive them is wrong. Uh, number two, the kind of ad hominem attack of those... Well, 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 on that too, just the idea that the... Um, like, the, uh, that you can say a thus says the Lord right. on these... That, that science wants to have that divine authority, and if there's ever been an example of science wanting that divine authority, this is it. Yeah, you right. know, The Lord... The Lord gave us the vaccine. The Lord wants us to take the vaccine. You're now all vaccine apostles. You're now sent to to preach the good news of salvation through the vaccine. And 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 this is the people who who don't understand why Christians are like, well, I'm not so sure because that seems like idolatry to me. What do you mean idolatry? It's the only way to be saved. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's the point. And when you stand up in the pulpit and say, here's a word from God on how to be saved, and here's the, and we're replacing the gospel with a the vaccination, then it's it's like, it's no wonder. You, you guys are making this thing into the mark of the beast, which I don't believe, but the way you treat it, it's like... For heaven's sakes, just let it be medicine, and let doctors and people talk about it, and 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 quit shutting down anybody who would say, "Well, I'm not so sure about that," because that does not help. That makes it worse. Uh, it's this whole th- this whole thing is so anti-scientific. <laughs> okay, so you anyway. hit the number one. Number two was the the ad hominem attack against those who didn't receive it. So. You know, you guys are the smart ones. You yeah. got vaccinated. Those yeah, who yeah. don't, well, they're stupid. All the stoops. <laughs> All the stoops. <laughs> and then, All the low-life, <laughs> foolish. The unbelievers. Not even, they should only have one-fifth of a vote. <laughs> Put them in the back of the bus. But let's get them in the, you know, let's, they can all live together and enjoy their stupidity together. <laughs> I mean, what is like we're against? I, I want to claim my. You know, I'm unvaccinated. I don't know if anybody knows that I haven't been vaccinated yet because the doctor told me, "Hey, don't get vaccinated because you went nuts and almost died." And you know, so now I've had COVID twice. I should be like Superman. Anyway, <laughs> I got to hack into the websites with the scientific results of immunity, natural immunity versus vaccine immunity. And I'm not even against, I mean, I'm happy for the vaccine. Everyone gets a vaccine. I'm so happy, mostly because then they get to start acting normal again, mm-hmm. for heaven's sakes.
but uh, but the the uh but so now i gotta go around and i gotta be part of the the unwashed you know like the lepers unclean the unclean. unclean don't come near me we went to the gym the other day and the guy next to carrie said don't worry i'm vaccinated and then and then carrie's was like right on and then he's looking at her like don't you know the secret handshake <laughs> You're supposed to be. I don't now. I'm unsafe. How are you dare? How dare you go inside? How dare you breathe the same air that I breathe? Who are you? So now you get this, and and so so. But I want to claim, I want to claim in my intersectional identity, unvaccinated as a form of oppression. Mm-hmm. So it's true. I might be a white Protestant male, showing all the signs of being an oppressive personality. But I am also unvaccinated, which puts me on the bottom of the scale. And I and I want to know who's speaking up for us. <laughs> the minority. I'm part of a minority group now. Right. Right. <laughs> You're in the twenty percent. Does that count? Some now. This is really interesting because uh, I think th- th- there was an interview about this on issues, etc., which I did not listen to, but Jeff was telling me about because they had um, Terry Mattingly. The, that guy, Greek Orthodox guy who hates Trump, and 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 Todd asked, "What what if Trump said this in the church? Would everyone would have gone nuts?" And he said, "No, no one would have gone nuts because this is what you're supposed to say. As long as you say the authorized thing about the vaccine being our salvation, for heaven's sake, and, and then you can." Then you can say you can say it wherever you want. It doesn't matter. Church, state, lines, whatever. It's just the authorized narrative. That's what's supposed to be said. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with Terry on that though. Well, I you hated Trump, but to, so, but, but <laughs> and maybe the point is, I mean, not that the everybody hated Trump, so they were always against him. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Trump would have ever said anything like this, right? Right. Anyhow. Okay. What about the uh, the apostles uh, thing? Yeah, you're my apostle. This is this whole thing. So, okay, Jesus sent the apostles. This mayor is sending her apostles. So that is already fairly close to blasphemy. <laughs> yeah, considering yourself Jesus. But then the point is, the gospel. The 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 apostles were sent out to preach the gospel, to baptize, preach, and forgive sins. These apostles are sent out to what? And whatever that thing is, that's going to tell us what they think the gospel is. So, what are they sent out to do? Uh, proclaim the truth about the divine vaccination. Mm. That's right. What is the sin that is being uh, and the salvation that's being offered here? The sin is not being vaccinated. Right. Not fo- not following oh, our so crazy science nonsense. Uh, science. Science has divine authority, and this this is a big problem. This is what Dr. Schultz has been, uh, we've been talking about on their, our conversations, is that science, excuse me, science <laughs> is has just way overstepped the bounds here. He says, how can you let science tell you what the good life is if it doesn't even know what life is, for heaven's sake? <laughs> and not like... It's not. It's not, and not just talking about the abortion issue, but talking about the just in general. Science does not have the capacity to mm-hmm. tell us what a human being is, what human beings are made from and for, why we even exist. So if it doesn't, if it can't answer those questions, how can it then tell you what the good life is? All it can do is, I mean, I don't know. It, it make you more efficient. That's why I work out. <laughs> Clearly, scientifically, <laughs> science. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I think this is a pretty clear, uh, a pretty clear confusion of the three estates. And it is interesting. This was like one of the first times she spoke publicly from take, since taking office. Amazing. And 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 what is the other business business about? Now we got to we got to get out. We got to get past this pandemic thing, which. Okay, I'm all for that. Believe me. But you know what's getting past the pandemic thing is probably going to realize that we're all going to die. Ha, ha. Yeah. You know, this, this, this has to go back to the Jason Broughton point that he made and got a at the beginning of this. He says, either the pandemic's going to kill you, so you should get to church to be ready to die, or uh, it's not going to kill you, therefore you should get to church. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I like Which that. the point. I mean, but this this is this weird thing. It's like, uh, hey, by the way, we're, you know, you're going to die. Yeah. You are going to die. Because you know what people do? They die. It's the craziest thing as if there's no such thing as death anymore. The only way to die is COVID. Never mind. Oh, brother. Well, I wonder what, you know, uh, if I'm... If I'm in the age category where this is particularly at risk, I don't mean I mean I don't know. It's hard for me to, you know, maybe say, but do I want do I do I really want to spend the last two years of whatever number of years I have left locking myself into a basement and hardly having interaction with anybody? Or, you know, take a calculated risk and and live life. I don't have much of it left. Might as well. Might as well enjoy it. Be with family. Yeah. Be with friends. Whatever. Well, look. So I mean, I just I, I was talking to the doctor about this because I gotta I gotta talk to the doctor about all these things, trying to figure it out. And 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 he says, well, just if you look at the numbers, you can just figure the risks. There's there's a risk at the va- for taking the vaccine, which is hard to figure out what it is. But I mean, there's a risk there. I, everybody knows that. There's risk of getting COVID. Everybody knows that. The risk of dying from the vaccine is very low. The risk of dying from COVID is very low. There's all these other factors. And so at some point, it makes sense to get vaccinated just as far as a risk. Because we've got to face one risk or the other, right? But apparently, you know, getting vaccinated doesn't totally alleviate your risk from COVID. A lot of people are getting it, but the, but the death from the breakthrough rates is very, very low. So if you're older, if you're vulnerable, if you have... Uh, other conditions that amplify your risk from COVID, then the vaccine is a much, much lower risk for you. It's wonderful to, that the vaccine is available. If you're a lot younger and you don't have any other um, kind of things, then you have a risk from COVID, but your risk from the vaccine is actually higher. So it's better to just, you know, to take the risk with COVID. At some point, there's a risk threshold. Probably, you know, you and I, me, I'm older than you. Uh, so my risk factor is higher. So I'm right on the edge of, of having the vax, uh, being, needing to be vaccinated. And I think if I would not have gotten COVID, I would have been vaccinated. That's fine. So you're, you're trying to weigh the risks, but it's, you're not even allowed to just have these kind of what would be reasonable thoughts and conversations mm-hmm. anymore. You know, you're not even able to talk about any of the risks of the of the vaccine and especially and, and i'll tell you what when someone comes along and says you don't have a choice you got to do it that does not help right. that goes the other that when someone says this is your only choice or this is your salvation or whatever that is not that is not helping sell people on this whole thing right 
that it, anyway. Ah, sorry. Hmm. 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 No, it's 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 an important conversation because uh, a lot of people are working through this and goes to your point from before about you know losing your job. Now maybe this maybe maybe or maybe not. I mean, I guess it could be. It's potentially, but probably not. Um, really, a matter of of re- religious persecution. You know, if, if if I don't want to take the vaccine. You know, again, there are some religious concerns and religious exemptions and all of that. But it's not as if they're saying, um, you know, to receive the vaccine is to acknowledge the divine God of science. Um, so Christians are free to take the vaccine or not take the vaccine. Right. So if I lose my job, you know, because I don't get the vaccine, that may or may not, but probably not be Christian persecution. Um, so, but, but, but people apparently... Um, feel strongly enough about this to say, I would rather lose my job right. than to take a chance with this thing that I did. I, for whatever reason, I don't, you know, feel comfortable about it. Right. That's um, right. So this really enters the question of what is, maybe circle back to the estates now, What what is the estate of the state's role in coercing someone to do medical intervention? Right. Um, that's that's really the the question here, um, and I and I think I mentioned this in a previous broadcast. We we would we would unquestionably I hope unquestionably think it's too far for the government to mandate um, you to have something injected into your body or else be punished, like um, you know go to jail or whatever. Hopefully we would all <laughs> hopefully we would all. Um, agree with that, and and they're not doing that. They're not throwing them in jail. But what the government is doing is they're using their course of power over business, mm-hmm. and they're saying, okay, uh, you you as a business over fifty employees will be you know punished or some or something. And that uh, I worry is, is such a, a fine line between those two things: the business, the government being coercive towards business to hurt people's. Um, lifestyles versus just outright being a direct course of action. That the, you know, one is totalitarian; the other one is just kind of almost totalitarian. <laughs> yep, that's right. And totalitarianism is, I mean, kind of um, you know, you you don't have to be a Christian to be persecuted by totalitarianism. So sometimes mm-hmm. the totalitarian pressure is different than anti-Christian pressure uh, because it's not specifically directed at the Christian. It's just everybody. That's part of the total of the totalitarianism. You know what I mean? And so so sometimes the Christian is persecuted by anti-Christian sentiments and and convictions that run against their own Christian convictions. But sometimes it's just tyranny. Sometimes tyranny is just tyranny. Yep. All right, should we end it there? I think so. I and maybe to, one to highlight what you said there that look, Christians are free to do to of course take the vaccine, you know, and God be praised for the gifts of medicine and doctors that He gives, and even all, and all the treatments and everything else. Um, and but but to look at it in the in the terms of the three estates and the confusion that we have on the authority of science and the way that that's brought to us coercively, that's where the danger is. So. 
So let us be uh, let us be wise and free, and courageous and compassionate all at the same time. All right, amen.